This is the Movie Hall of Fame Class of 1988 for Thursday, July 2nd, 2020. What's going on, Adam? Hold on. I'm, I'm going back through my letterbox rankings and, and pressing that little check marks to make sure that they're all properly ranked. In case you didn't know people. In case you weren't able to read left to right. I think, pl- you've, I think you've caught the letterboxed bug. I guess. I think I'm, I'm, after this pod, I'm done doing stars, though. I don't want to do it anymore. What? I don't want to do stars anymore. I just want to say, did I like it or did I not like it? And if I, if I don't like it, I don't do that little heart. Okay, Roger. I think, yeah, I think that's where I'm at. <laughs> You've sworn off of stars? I think I'm getting, yeah. I, I, something about it, on, I don't know what it was. And maybe it was after looking at Akira. I'm like, yeah, you know, I just don't care about star ratings anymore. I just want to like say, did I like the film or did I not like the so film? So you've reduced your one through five. Yeah. So I, I might as well just get rid option of that. To the thumbs up, thumbs down option. Yeah. It's just, it's too much. So all you've done is reduce the amount of ways you can articulate your feelings on the movie. Yeah. It's, it's too much. If I'm going to articulate my feelings on a movie, I'm not going to do it with letterbox. I'm just going to talk about it. So... Uh, Don't give up on stars, man. Stars have been around. No, it's, it's as long as showbiz. It doesn't say enough, and I'm and, and, and often and thumbs up, thumbs down does. It says I like the movie or I don't like the movie. Well, so do stars. Yeah, but it's simpler. Keep it simple, stupid. Netflix did that a couple years ago. <laughs> Remember that Netflix used to be it would be a one through five rating. Yeah, and they would predict how many stars you would give a movie, mm-hmm. and then they reduced it to that stupid like or dislike. Yeah. Too many binaries. Don't yeah. give in, bro. No, but uh, it's 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 being dishonest, I think. I don't think I can accurately say cuz I'll look at like the stars I give a movie and I change it constantly. Oh, there's no rhyme or reason to your stars. Well, there is. Like I f- it's it's about feeling on a specific day. So sometimes like my feelings like I don't know, one day I might feel, you know what, Die Hard sucks, one star. And then the next day I'll rewatch and be like, you know what was I thinking, five stars happens all the time <laughs> which is another binary by the way i understand what you mean when it's like i'm i'm ranking say i don't know eurovision the new netflix comedy <laughs> yes. and it made you laugh but it's a will ferrell rachel mcadams comedy about a european singing contest mm-hmm. So you're going to grade that a little more leniently than you would say another Netflix release like the Irishman. Yeah. And so they may come out to be the same star rating, except one is objectively better than the other. Mm-hmm. You're grading on a moving scale all the time. And it's very confusing to me. Even when I look back on it, I'm like, did I really give that this many? Right. And it's bothersome. So that's why I'm like, I'll give it a like and I'll do a little mini review and that'll accurately tell you how I feel. And that that's putting in more effort than putting in fucking three I, stars. I get it. But here's what I do on the letterbox is I pay the $20 to be a uh, letterboxed. What is it called? Pro member, I think. Oh, and that keeps all your stats for you. Oh, boy. And it's a really cool thing because I've been going back trying to log every single movie I've ever seen. Yeah. And it'll give me like stats on who is your highest rated director? Who is your highest rated actor? Mm-hmm. What decade did you like the most? And it gives you like a graph from 1920 to now and it shows you on a bar which years you thought were the best years of cinema that's fine and it's great for me because i'm a nerd and i don't have anything else to do with my time i'm a nerd i'm a nerd about like just seeing a bunch of movies or knowing about a bunch of movies i don't need to like like file it away in a cabinet though I just don't I just don't have the the desire to do that. And it's also since like like what director jives with you. Like Denis Villeneuve is now my favorite director. Uh-huh. He has surpassed David Fincher. 
you know, and for the longest time, I would have thought that that would have been impossible, but it's, it's, it's just true. You know, see, here are all my stats on letterbox. Oh God. So my highest rated decade is the 1970s, obviously followed by the 1960s and the 1980s is in third. Okay. Um, these are, this is a chart of mm. how many movies I saw in a particular year. I see. And it's going up exponentially as it should. Um, yeah, it gives me like, how many movies did you see on the AFI top 100 list? Things like that. <laughs> Most watched movie star, Sam Jackson. Okay. 28 films. What, Robert De Niro, 23. What's your director? Most watched director? Yeah. Uh, the Coens. Okay. Followed by Spielberg, followed by Scorsese, followed by Steven Soderbergh. Ah, he's a big Soderbergh fan over here. Yeah. Highest rated director, George Roy Hill. <laughs> What? <laughs> ah, I guess that makes sense. Well, I've sense. only seen a couple George Roy Hill movies. But see, that that in and of itself is kind of flawed, right? Yeah, sure. Like, Let me see. What's my highest rated star? Let's see. Uh, <laughs> it's a two-way tie. Oh, no. You got John Cazale. Yeah. Obviously. And then you got Tom Sizemore. What? <laughs> True Romance, Saving Private Ryan, Heat, and Natural Born Killers. See, that's stupid. <laughs> I, I, yeah, John Casale's cool, but Tom Sizemore? <laughs> At uh, 4.6 stars on average is Garrett Dillahunt. <sighs> Listen to Dillahunt's IMDb. Ready for this? Yeah. These are all the Dillahunt movies I've seen. The Assassination of Jesse James by the Coward Robert Ford. Five stars. Looper five stars mm-hmm. widows five stars no country for old men five stars 12 years a slave four and a half stars and killing them softly three stars you gave looper five stars hell yeah yeesh fucking love looper i like looper it's not that good love it okay i think i made my top like 20 of the decade <laughs> oh yeah oh holy shit i think i called it the best science fiction movie of the decade oh my god what the fuck are you talking about okay let's move on <laughs> it's not that good let me see where i listed it annihilation's better than looper annihilation yeah dude oh that wasn't even in my top one her 100. is better than looper her was close yeah okay here's what i had i had uh I had Looper at number 12. Jesus Christ. Of the decade. What the fuck? (laughs) Her was at number 13. What? (laughs) Fuck your list. I'm out. I'm out. Okay. It's going to be a five hour podcast. Here's my top 20 of the decade. This is why this stats shit on Letterboxd is a pain in the ass because it's causing this to happen. I have Whiplash, Social Network, Silver Linings Playbook. Manchester by the Sea. So where is Silver Linings Playbook? Number three. <laughs> I adore that movie. <laughs> and you know what? As a matter of fact, I wrote in the blog post, I make no apologies for this. Oh, I make no apologies. This is the worst thing. I love that movie, but like number three. I like gambling. Uh, I like Bradley Cooper. I like Jennifer Lawrence uh, and I like making fun of Eagles fans. My God. Okay. That's fair. I love that movie. <laughs> fair. Okay. <laughs> Number three, man. Once upon a time in Hollywood is five. Oh. <laughs> Inside Lewin Davis is six. Okay. Get out is seven. Yeah. Mad Max Fury Road is eight. What the fuck? That's the worst top 10 list I think I've ever heard. Moneyball is nine. What? <laughs> there is no movie this decade. I've seen more times than Moneyball. Who gives a shit? <laughs> He lacks confidence. His girlfriend's a five at best. Yeah, clearly. Widow, <laughs> Widows is 10. 
La La Land 11, Looper 12. Widows at 10. Her 13. Whoa. Marriage Story 14. Django Unchained 15. Oh, you're going to love this one. <laughs> American Hustle at 16. Yeesh. <laughs> Drive comes in at 17. Uh, Inside Out at 18. Drive's way too low. Wiener is 19. <laughs> Silence at 20. Oh boy. That's my list and I'm sticking to That's it. Why I hate you. I'm sticking to it. <laughs> I disagree with so many of those. <laughs> that look to, that list took me a very long time. Oh my God. Change that list. And I'm happy with it. That list is going to give me an aneurysm. Want to talk about more lists? Sure. Let's just make this a list pod. Sure. Um. <laughs> oh God. I yes. uh, see that wasn't what? fun. Nico. That was not fun. <laughs> That's not fun for me. <laughs> this is why I stay clear of this shit. I love letterbox uh, so much. Yeah, I'm done with these stars. I love letterbox. You just convinced me even further. I'm done with these stars. How many films have? Oh, I'm up to twelve hundred. Mm. That's how many I've realized I've seen and, and rated, but I'm sure I'm missing a couple hundred. You've seen since you've uh, gotten letterbox. No, I just I've went back and oh. rated as many movies as I can find. That I've seen, so I'm up to. I'm, I'm, I figure I'm almost at two thousand though. I think. Oh, I've seen well over two thousand. Right. Yeah. Not as many recent films though. I think I've seen like most of like my my number is generated from films I've seen that have you know that are much older. Mm-hmm. I don't see as many recent films. I'm sorry. Have you seen anything recently? Mm-hmm. You want to talk about? Mm-hmm. I have not seen anything recently. There you go. Although I was uh, watching Lady Bird last night. Which I which I love, of course. Yes. Uh, and I was like, yeah, I just gotta make the plunge and do uh, Baby Boy, you know, ba- Baby Boy. What's it called? Ba- what? What's it called with Timothy Chalamet? Oh, uh, Beautiful Boy. Beautiful Boy. Yeah. Close enough. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Did you see it? No, not yet. I, I gotta watch it. You though. gotta watch it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah people kind of turned on that movie. Why? Um, I don't know. Is Maybe it? It's a little too hokey for people. Hokey? Is it too sad? I found it very moving. I loved that movie. All right. But the reviews were kind of mixed on it. Interesting. Yeah, Abby was telling me to see it. She thought that uh, I would connect it to my life too much, which like kind of freaked me Whoa. out. Whoa, uh, I certainly hope not. <laughs> I don't know, maybe. She's like, it, it'll remind you of your brothers quite a bit. And I'm like, oh, Jesus. I, I had a little bit of that. Um, not to the extreme of that movie, but I had a little bit of that, yeah. <laughs> all right, all right. Yeah. And I mean, Chalamet is amazing in it. Okay. It frustrates me how good Chalamet is. In oh, things. yeah. It frustrates me how good he is in everything. Yeah. Every single thing he does. I hope Dune comes out this year. Yeah, you know what? Me too. Me too. I've been reading the book. It's so good. <laughs> it's so good. Uh, you have to wait to 2022 to watch Dune because I, post-production's taking a year and a half. Now they're not going to start the second movie, which is going to be irritating. I'm kind of annoyed they're actually making two movies. Just make no. one. No. Fit it in there. <laughs> well, the point the point that he's doing it is that they were they were looking at the, the book and they're like, there's no fucking way you can do this properly and make it just one movie because that was sort of the the i guess running gag in the industry for the longest time part of the reason why david lynch's dune failed so hard yes. was because he just attempted it at all in one movie right and he could and the re, part of the reason why the miniseries works is because it's you know four plus hours long right and that's enough for two movies so i in in reading the book i'm like it, it's it's hard to imagine why no one would want to make this a movie but at the same time i totally understand why everyone's saying it's unfilmable yes with just the sheer scope and level of detail and how every detail is as important as it is mm. to just like making the story work. And I'm like, yeah, okay. If it's two movies, then, you know, <laughs> you're going to do it properly. Right. Yeah. Uh, we'll see, man. I don't know. Yeah. 
I don't know. I have confidence it'll be a good movie. Just when we'll see it, I don't know. It'll at least be good. Man, those promo photos kind of looked ridiculous, though, didn't they? <laughs> no, no, they the looked Oscar good. Isaac outfit, and like I don't know. Everybody's making fun of that logo. Oh, that just feels like this movie's gonna get memed to death. Oh, probably. You yeah. know, yeah, that's okay. Hey, we, <laughs> I'm happy seeing Denise films get memed. <laughs> the Villeneuve haters came out of the woodwork when that trailer dropped. Though that happens with every filmmaker, though, doesn't it? Yeah. Whenever they do something stupid for the promotional material. <laughs> Is this the other issue is that it's like on set footage that's like that's taken with a fucking like iPhone. Right. So, of course, it's not going to look great. It's going to look ridiculous no matter how you shoot it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, you got that sense when people would take pictures of like like uh, here's a great example. When people took behind the scenes photos of Heath Ledger as the Joker. Yes. Yeah. And they thought it looked awful. Of course. And they're like, oh, this the fucking fuck this movie. Right. Fuck you, Christopher Nolan. And then Dark Knight c- comes out and it's incredible. Yeah. So. Yeah, any movie would look like that if you filmed it like a Hallmark yeah. made-for-TV Christmas thing. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so I watched a couple movies this weekend. Okay. Uh, some newer newer ones. Twenty nineteen. I had a I had a shy day. I had a shy Saturday. Oh, what does that mean? Shy Saturday, baby. LaBeouf. Oh. All Saturday. What'd you watch? I had a LaBeouf double feature. Did you watch Honey Boy? I watched Honey Boy. Oh, cool. And I watched Peanut Butter Falcon. I've been meaning to watch that as well. Mm. So, Peanut Butter Falcon. Uh, my God, is that movie sweet? Yeah. So much sweetness. So much love. So many hugs. So much kindness. And then you watch the other movie. Right. Yeah. <laughs> well, that, I started out with Peanut Butter Falcon. <laughs> And I'm like, okay, this is like, you know, an episode of Mr. Rogers neighborhood. Just put shy in a sweater and it's like, mm-hmm. won't you be my neighbor, baby? Um, yeah. Yeah. It, it's, uh, it's fun. It's nice. It's sweet. Watch it with your mom. <laughs> I, I thought shy was like pretty incredible in it. Um, this guy is an amazing actor. He's okay. I, I think he's always been a great actor. Yeah, I agree with you. I think like, he, <laughs> I don't think I've ever seen him where I, I disliked him. Yeah, me neither. Yeah. Yeah, I think he's incredible in everything. And I just think he's kind of a fucked up kid for reasons we'll talk about in a second. Yep. <laughs> and so uh, he lost his way for a few years, but uh, he's back. Uh-huh. Last year, I, the LaBeoufissance. No one's talking about it, but it happened in 2019. And kind of in the indie scene, which I think is right where he belongs. Yes, I agree. This movie is a nice, modestly budgeted um, just like retelling of Huck Finn, essentially oh, okay. just a bunch of people on a raft floating down the river. Dakota Johnson's in it was given nothing to do. I feel bad for Dakota Johnson. I'm waiting for her to get a part that she can sink her teeth into. She was fine. And once upon a time in Hollywood, uh, you're thinking about Dakota Fanning. I'm oh, talking Dakota about, Johnson. I'm talking oh, about yeah. Dakota Johnson. Oh, yeah. D- oh, Dakota Johnson, Dakota Johnson. Yeah. The inferior Dakota, in my opinion, <laughs> I would have her fourth in my Dakota rankings behind the two states. I don't like and Fanning. I don't like Dakota Johnson. Well, the problem was she started out in those stupid Fifty Shades of Grey movies and she hasn't been able to break out. Yeah. And she's trying so hard. Helps if your personality is better. Have you ever seen her in interviews? No. Just like just this completely vapid human being. I hate saying that about anybody, but she just doesn't give a fuck about anybody or anywhere that she is. She just looks miserable. Yeah. A little aloof. And it's just like, well, like that tends to rub off on your characters. Right. So I, I don't know. Maybe you'd be offer, offered a better role if you were a little more excited to get a role. <laughs> maybe I'm being a little uh, <laughs> presumptuous, but still. I mean, okay. So she's a child of Hollywood stars. Mm-hmm. 
I think both of her parents are better actors than she is. Who's the who's the wife? Dodger? Melanie Griffith. Oh, yeah, yeah. I think so. that's correct. <laughs> I don't think she that's inherited correct. enough of the, the parents' genes. I don't think she inherited any of their genes. And I think <laughs> she was just sort of thrown into the spotlight, either too young or with the wrong material. Like if she had done movies like the peanut butter Falcon, if she did like 10 of those mm-hmm. before being given 50 shades of gray, I think her career would look a lot different. She has a lot of charisma at times. Like when she's allowed to show it. I mean, do you see bad times? The air Royale? No. Okay. She's pretty good in that. She, she has a very, very, very bit part in the social network, but I like her. I don't her, even remember her in that. Uh, there's a snake in here, Amy. Where? Okay, there's no snake. I just need to talk to you. That, that girl. That was it? Yeah. <laughs> okay. That scene. Got you don't, it. You don't remember my name, do you? Got it. Is it Stanford? <laughs> what a prick. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so she's kind of the worst part of this movie, but it's not really her fault. Shy is great. And I will say the special needs um, man, I think he's like in his 30s. He plays like a kid in this, but um, essentially the plot is Shia LaBeouf plays like this criminal on the run, sort of. He causes a stink in his small town and meets this kid who escapes from an old person's home. He's a mentally challenged guy with down syndrome. They, he escapes from the home, starts running and he meets Shia LaBeouf and the two of them float down the river. And Dakota Johnson plays a social worker that works at the old person's home who takes care of this kid with down syndrome. Um, the kid with down syndrome is really good in this movie. Okay. Uh, he's really fun. A lot of charisma, um, just like interesting line readings and good comedic timing. I don't think I've ever seen someone with down syndrome like this good in a movie before, but there are not many parts written for people like that. Well, there is the ringer. There is Johnny, Johnny. What Nos- the fuck did we get ice cream? <laughs> it's a horrible movie. What a great line that up. my friends love. Everybody loves my the friends. I remember, I remember being offended in the fourth grade at that movie. <laughs> everybody loves the fucking ring. I don't know why my idiot friends were like, yo, let's watch the ringer tonight. I had a name friend, a movie, any movie. I had a friend of mine. One of my old roommates is like, I used to work with people with, uh, with special needs and, uh, I couldn't stop laughing at that movie. Yeah. It, it's horribly offensive. Could yeah. never be made today. Yes. Um, but yeah, I think it's a testament to this guy and uh, a testament also to the direction. I just think like, uh, takes a pretty good actor's director to make that dynamic work and it definitely does work it's super sweet Mm -hmm. we'll bring a tear to your eye awesome little movie okay uh and then i watched honey boy Mm. and it was very uncomfortable yeah very uncomfortable (laughs) yeah yeah i I saw abby and i watched this one like a month or so ago yeah and i was like thoroughly shook by this one yeah not i don't think i expected this one at all Uh uh-huh and I don't think any any of the previews or the critics uh, prepared me for it. Yeah. Oh, excuse me. But um, yeah, it's like a nasty ass movie. <laughs> yeah. And it's it's very bitter. Mm-hmm. I don't think since like Squid and the Whale have I seen something this bitter towards mm. like parents and divorce and, yeah. you know, childhood trauma. Um, I think like it's impossible to watch this movie outside the context of Shia LaBeouf's life. And I think that he wants you to watch the movie that way. Yes. Like there's even a meta moment at the end of the movie where he is speaking to his father from beyond the grave and says, I'm going to make a movie about you. Yep. Even though he's not playing himself and Shia LaBeouf is not playing his actual father. Uh, it is incredibly autobiographical and all that stuff with the chicken and like the first daredevil chicken, that clown act. 
that was real. And they show real footage over the credits of yep. his actual father. Yeah, I'm not like sure I loved this one. I liked it a lot. I, I thought LaBeouf was having a great time playing oh. his dad. Oh, he's great in the movie. He's though. really good. So I think one of the better performances I've seen by him, honestly. Yeah. Yeah, it's just a perfectly, he like, c- completely understands that character and it's a very specific person. Yes. But like, and I know, I've known people like that. Me too. Which is what makes it even more Thank God none of them were my father. <laughs> yeah, mine too. <laughs> but like, yeah, like, well done, dude. It's it's not, I, I'm not sure I love it either, but like, I think part of that is just because of how uncomfortable it is. And there's a lot of that, um, you shouldn't be in the room kind of moments. Yeah. I mean, the entire movie is really that. Yeah. Yeah, so... There's not oh. much of a, a thrust to the movie either. It's no. kind of just a lot of anecdotes, clearly from Shy's childhood, and uh, you know things that his father actually said, actually did to him. And it feels more like a like a performance art piece than like a movie at times. Kind of feels like something Shy was attempting five years ago when he <laughs> went in that room with a paper bag over his head. Yeah, you know, it's just like. Or, or when that live stream of him on the elevator with random people, mm-hmm. like the guy is clearly trying to achieve some sort of catharsis. That's what the movie is though. Right. And I think he achieves that there. You can definitely feel a lot of it. The performance as horrible as it is, is super fun. Like you laugh several times because this guy is such like an over the top douche. Uh-huh. Um, and I just found myself chuckling at just like the things he yelled at the neighbors and the things that he made his son do, or when he like made him do pushups as they were reading line, uh, lines for the, uh, the upcoming commercial shoot. It's ridiculous, isn't it? Yeah. But everybody's good at that kid is great. Oh, the kid's awesome. Is it? it? The kid's like maybe my favorite part of the movie. He's really good. Surprised by how good he was. Yeah. Yeah. Happy with like pretty much everybody in the movie. I I feel like I know where that I, I feel like I've seen him before. I don't know. Yeah. Apparently Natasha Leone is in it and uh, I did not see her in the movie, oh. but she's like third build in the credits. What? Yeah. Okay. Apparently she plays the mom. Do you remember seeing the mom? No. <laughs> okay. Remember seeing that like stepdad boyfriend or whatever he is. Oh yeah. That guy. Oh, what's that guy's name? That guy's an awesome little actor. Yeah. He's a character actor. He's in Cliff Collins. Cliff Collins. Jr. Is- Clifton Collins. He's in Capote. Yeah. Yeah. That guy's great and everything. Yeah pretty much every great pacific rim let's not forget that's a great scene where he throws him in the pool <laughs> get your own fucking son i don't find it like that funny though like i, I found I, it funny. like you find a lot of interesting things funny that i don't it's funny how how our comedic sensibilities clash well like it's like I, again as you said i shouldn't be saying this but yeah. I, i'm saying it and it's kind of making me chuckle <laughs> all right I, I also did a rewatch you know what? Should we just make the podcast this? We're already 23 minutes in. <laughs> Let's just bank this show and we'll do another one later. Okay. Yeah, we'll save class of 1988 till next week. Sorry, people. <laughs> yeah. Well, we have to bank some shows anyway, and All otherwise right. it's going to be like a three-hour show. Okay, so we could just do this shooting the shit about movies. Yeah. Go. I mean, I read my top 20 of the decade, even though it's halfway through 2020 now. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll record that in a second. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I watched uh, the before movies. I did it before rewatch. Oh, God. Three nights in a row. Yes. And I wanted to talk to you about this. <laughs> um, this is very irritating, man. Three before movies in three nights. Oh, boy. I think had you asked me a year ago, and I think we did talk about this a year ago when we, we talked about Before Sunrise. These movies come up a lot. For yeah. Us. Yeah. I had them very clearly ranked midnight at one, sunrise at two, sunset at three. Yep. That was my ranking. 
Now it is the complete opposite. I have sunset at one. I have sunrise at two and I have midnight at three mm-hmm. and it was very clarifying and I explained the reasons on Letterboxd and you took umbrage. Yes, I did. Why'd you take umbrage? Because it's completely reversed from mine. <laughs> Every single slot that you have is different from mine. There's only three options. I know, but like you would think that something would correlate. There's not many options there. Yeah. And no, not a single one of them align. <laughs> and as a matter of fact, the, the, the reasons you gave for why Before Sunset was your favorite are the same reasons why Before Sunrise is my favorite. This was bizarre to me. I just like, no, I attribute everything you just said to Before Sunrise. Not that I like totally disagree with you in terms of Before Sunset. I just think it's better used there. Okay. And I think like, obviously the most pronounced is uh, Before Midnight. Yes. But in a lot of ways that like made more sense to me in that part of the story. Yeah. So I I mean, I don't know. (laughs) Okay. So here's generally what I said in the review. Yeah. Sunrise is the two characters falling in love. Midnight is the two characters falling out of love, quote unquote. Sunset is somewhere in the middle. Yes. And that middle ground is kind of hard to articulate on film. And I think that's the reason why maybe if it's not the best, it's certainly the most impressive. And I think watching them again, that's what stuck with me the most like on a script level. Yes. I am impressed with what Richard Linklater is doing and what Ethan Hawke and Julie Delpy are doing on the page here. Yeah. You know what I mean? Sunrise is a very easy elevator pitch. Two characters meet on a train and they fall in love and have a romantic night together. And then they have to leave before Ethan Hawke's flight takes off. Yes. Easy to understand. Same thing with midnight. These two characters have been married now for over 20 years and they are on a vacation in Greece and stuff goes wrong and it's just a man and a woman fighting. Yep. We've seen that many times. We've seen it very rarely better than how we see it there, but Kramer versus Kramer marriage story, whatever before sunset is like, all right, two characters that knew each other from nine years ago, run into each other again. And now what? Yeah. And I, I think I was I was fundamentally impressed with that undertaking. Sure. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like there is so much in that movie that goes unsaid. There is so much regret and remorse and pain that, you know, builds through the, that weird time in your life from like your mid 20s to your early 30s. Like mm-hmm. all of that stuff is in there. There's so much like angst, but you're not old enough to like maturely articulate what that feeling is. I think that's the thing about these characters too, right? Like in before midnight, they've spent enough time together. And when you get older, you're comfortable just saying whatever the fuck you want Mm. to the other person. There's very rarely that filter anymore. Sunset, you know, has none of that. Like honesty has none of that transparency. And you've got to interpret all of these feelings without the characters explicitly telling them to you. Mm -hmm. Um, and so, like, I was just blown away by it. I was really blown away by it on a script level. Yeah, I think it just comes down to, like, a personal preference thing. I mean, because it's, I mean, they're both, they're all telling different sides of a, of a story, I suppose. I mean, obviously, but, like, Before Sunrise is about them falling in love. But Sunset, like you said, is them kind of rediscovering themselves in that way. Right. Which is something, I guess, like, I mean, a lot of people I know can relate to. I kind of relate to that. But um, I think, like, I'm just more fascinated in the intricacies of how these characters fall in love in that first one and how, from at least in my money, a lot of that goes unsaid, too. Like, I mean, 
if you're asking me, like a lot of it comes down to like that, that scene where they're in the record store and they don't say anything to each other. Yeah. You have a little like, bit of that in the beginning. For like sure. Five. No, I disagree. Well, they also end up having sex in a park later on though. So like they're clearly into each other and we know that they're <laughs> no, into each other. But that, that's the other thing though, is like this, the sex thing doesn't necessarily even tell me that they're in love per se. It's like discovering the moment where it's like, Oh, these characters, has kind of made that connection. Right. I mean, it, it, for, if I'm being honest, I mean, it, I don't know if that says anything. I mean, a lot of it comes down to just like those little moments of them in the alleyway and just sitting down and just talking. No, yeah, certainly. Know, most of the time. I mean, everybody, I mean, I know people who have just hooked up in fucking parks. It doesn't mean they're in love. <laughs> I don't know anyone that's had sex in a park. May, or at least no one has told me that they've ever had sex in a park. I know a few people. Okay. Uh, yeah. They're, they're, they, they didn't fall in love just because of that. You know? No, I get it but there is still that emotional climax though. yes like it's still like the, the conventions of the genre are still followed sort of yeah but they're in 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 my opinion done in a much more subtle and progressive way yeah and, and it's more careful than something like i don't know love actually yeah you know <laughs> i get you but i think these are all better movies than love actually yes. <laughs> but it's uh, but it's and then it's like the moments like also piecing together like why they're complicated human beings and why the love may or may not work yeah i think that's what's also fascinating to me like even in the scene where they read the poem and his response is completely different than hers yes, exa- yeah where he goes yeah. like you know he just wrote that ahead of time yeah exactly just plugged in the word <laughs> Yeah, and how they readdress that later on. I think the entire movie is just riddled with stuff like that. Yeah. And I don't think like it gets any more interesting than that and just trying to discover whether or not these people are actually right for each other. Yeah. Which, again, the future... But there's more of that in Sunset, though, don't you think? No. Because that's really put to the test in Sunset. You find out, first of all, this devastating revelation that he went to Vienna six months later and she didn't. Mm -hmm. So right away, you're like, oh, my God, the stakes, the emotional stakes feel like... Sure. It's palpable here. It's different though for me because I think like that particular revelation didn't hit as like hard. Okay. And, and maybe it's a, that's because of the way it's ex- executed. There's something like kind of cheerful about it in a weird way. Mm-hmm. He's not like devastated necessarily. You just kind of, yeah, I mean, you react to it in a similar way that she does where she's upset, but she doesn't really care all that much. Yeah. And takes her a while to start caring more as the movie progresses. Right. Um, oops, sorry. It's okay. Uh, yeah, the best part about that movie is the ending, right? It's it, an unbelievable ending. Yes. It's one of the greatest endings I've ever yeah. seen in cinema. Well, that's the thing, though. I think it's got the best ending of the three. Yes. You could maybe debate before midnight, but I'm, I'm a little more interested in that before sunset midnight. Yeah. Yeah, I, the, the, the intricacies of them, like discovering each other again, are not as interesting to me as they are in Before Sunrise. It's the same idea, right? Um... The point well, of, kind, I don't know, kind of. Not really, though, because they're at a different place in their lives. Well, yeah, I know that. But, right. But the, the, the general notion is that they're falling back in love. Well, they're they're falling back in love, though, with a, with bigger consequences. Like when you're in your early 20s, what are they, 23 in the first movie? Something like that. There are no consequences to falling in love. Mm-hmm. You can just fall in love and have sex in a park and then you just forget about it. Yep. Uh, nine years later, he's got a kid and a wife. She's got like a committed boyfriend. Mm-hmm. Um and, you know, he's an author. He's a pretty successful author. He's doing a book tour in fucking Europe, for God's sake. Yeah. Um, which, by the way, kind of far-fetched. <laughs> the movie does... <laughs> yes, I, 
That's Richard Linklater for you. Yeah. But that's kind of my point. Well, the other thing is that the movie sort of addresses this and why, like, it sort in my, in my opinion, those elements sort of balance it. What's that line where he's like, yeah, I mean, may, maybe we're better off in the world. And she, like, really hates him for saying that. And then he's like, well, yeah, I, I'm, I'm, I'm older and I'm not as healthy, but I'm, you know, better equipped to handle those problems. Right. I don't know. Like, both movies to me seem similarly, like, kind of laissez-faire about the handling of stuff. It's just kind of on the table and they either address them or they don't, or they're more impactful than others. Right. It, it, they, a lot of these like, like intimate ideas kind of come and go and it what becomes sort of fascinating are, are the ones that they decide to hang on. Okay. What I'm talking about is not how far fetched the romance is, but how far fetched Ethan Hawke's writing career is. Oh, that's, that's different. what I'm talking about. <laughs> no, that's different. <laughs> yeah. <no. laughs> that he wrote he wrote a novel about this one night they had together yeah. and it became a nationwide bestseller, yeah. actually international bestseller. Yeah. It's like, dude, there's a million of those in the romance section of Barnes and Noble and they all have erotic covers. True. No one's fucking reading those. True. Uh, yeah. So, and also like that scene that they have in the taxi, which I guess is the most cathartic the movie gets like the most just like in your face. Here's what's happening. And this is what these characters mm. feel. But even that scene has that moment where Julie Delpy almost puts her hand on him and then just pulls it away as yeah. Ethan Hawke's not looking. Yeah. Julie Delpy's incredible in that movie, by the way. She's incredible in all of these movies. Mm-hmm. Um, for a long time, I'm like, okay, Ethan Hawke is the star here. He's clearly a movie star. And I wish that he made just like 30 of these movies. Yeah. Second rewatch, like Delpy is doing stuff in these movies that pff, I did not catch the first time I watched them. I've always appreciated her in that way. In each and every one of these movies, I actually think she's always kind of been the best part of these movies. Yeah. I don't always love her character, but I think that's important. I mean, you're not necessarily going to, you know, jive with someone like this. Right. It's perfect for Ethan. It's not necessarily perfect. Yeah. For she's me. a little annoying in midnight. Yeah. I'm not sure I would fall for someone like her. Yeah. In, in midnight at least. <laughs> well, here's number one. You are fucking nuts. <laughs> love it love it yeah uh and midnight here's the thing about midnight um a really hard watch yeah a really tough watch those are the movies i tend to respond to more though like again like you you and i clash on like broad strokes versus like minimalist yeah and i almost always i mean i i don't like to say that i i you know i can appreciate you know both but I guess in general, I tend to, you know, respond to the broad strokes a little bit more. Well, I guess it depends, right? Like it depends on genre. First of all, like if we're watching like a science fiction action movie, you want maximalist. Sure. It's interesting here though, because the entire series has been so minimal and so subtle and quiet, but so beautifully. So for, so to see it like pop like that just makes it feel all the more important. Yeah. And like, listen to me. Yeah, <laughs> it's like the movie is like like grabbing your head and looking at you in the face, uh-huh. and it's just oh my god! Like th- that's like the most uh, like at least for me like one of the tougher scenes to watch because it's like so surprising, mm-hmm. you know. At least in the realm of the the rest of the series. Yeah, um, yeah. I, here's the problem too. That scene at the beginning at the dinner table, not at the beginning, maybe like twenty minutes into the movie, yeah. with all of their friends at like the Greek authors resort Ugh, could have fast forward right through it yeah the only moment of that i, I actually do agree with you yeah. the, the only moment that i i don't that i do like is when she said uh, talks about like like boasting his masculinity by letting him win the pinball game right it's a nice nod but at the end of the day it just kind of feels like a nod that stuff's cool oh here's another question is the his eventual wife or ex-wife i should say 
with like uh, the emotional abuse problem. Is that the girl that he visited in Vienna in the first movie? I don't know. Or in Spain? I don't think we're sure. Okay. It, it may be implied. Because I think he says at one point, like, yeah, we dated for a while and then we broke up and then she got pregnant and then we got married. Mm-hmm. So, like, I, I don't know. I, I suspected that that was the girl. Maybe Ethan Hawke has the answer to that. But they, they someone has the answer to that. Yeah. Richard Linklater yeah. or Ethan. So, yeah, that scene at the beginning is just kind of philosophical nonsense. And it's just like, you know rich artsy people talking about rich artsy things well, in Greece. Again, that's li- Richard Linklater at this point in his right. life writing yeah. a movie. I mean, so. the worst of Noah Baumbach is on display in that scene. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, I agree. <laughs> it's <that>. like <laughs> they're talking about Philistines, but it's not ironic. <laughs> yeah, I feel bad for him. <laughs> oh, boy. It's it's Jeff Daniels in, in Squid and the Whale if they were uh, yeah, <laughs> not making fun of those people. Mm-hmm. Um... So yeah, I I mean I I think yeah, Sunset is the masterpiece of the bunch. I think or I think it is the the best of the bunch or at least the hardest script to write. But all three of them are great movies. Yeah, I think as a film in terms of the craft and the kind of like the way they the story is laid out. I mean, I I might agree that the 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 script I guess objectively is tougher to pull off in sunset. I just think what they're accomplishing in before sunset or sun, Jesus, these fucking names. (laughs) I think what they're, what they're accomplishing in before sunrise is far more well done. Yeah. On the whole. Cause like it's, it sounds funny to say, I mean the whole move, all the movies are meandering like by nature, but like, like I really feel it in before sunset and Mm -hmm. I don't quite get that out of before sunrise or before midnight. You know, even though it's, it's, again, it's, it's weird because I, they're not propulsive, but, uh, next to before sunset, like those other two feel like they have more of a rhythm. Yeah. As films, they just work better for me. Yeah. I mean, they're more conventional too. I wouldn't even say they're conventional. I mean, none of these movies are particularly conventional, but sunset is the least conventional of the three. I think maybe no sex scenes, no massive arguments, no, they don't even kiss. Think about that. They don't even kiss. Yeah. You know, Mm -hmm. the other two movies can use their sex life as sort of like a a tree to hang all of these ideas off of. Yeah. And that's like an easy way to structure a movie around like love and sex. The thing that I appreciate about these movies more than anything is how they change with age. Yes. And how like I, I could see us watching the movies later on in life and relating to specifically before midnight and then none of the other ones or, you know, vice versa. Some, maybe we get older and we're like, yeah, I, I really long for what I had back in my like 20. So I relate more to before sunrise. Right. Right. They're interesting films in that way. Yeah. I think eventually they will have a sort of nostalgic quality right now. We're still at that point in our lives where we're (laughs) at before sunrise. Yeah. Let's wait till the fourth movie. Yeah. (laughs) Are they going to make one? I think so. Yeah. Yeah. I think so. I certainly hope so. When would it be due out? 22? Nine years after. So So before midnight was 2013. So 2021 should come out next year, right? No, 22. Is that what it is? 13 plus nine would be 22, correct? That's totally wrong. Yeah, you're right. 22. Okay. That's soon though. Yeah, it would be soon. That'd be awesome. Isn't he working on some like movie that's taking place over 20 years? Link later. Or something crazy like that. He's doing another like boyhood thing. Yeah, it's not really. Yeah, let me yeah. look that up right now. Slightly irritating. Why? I'm not. I'm not really interested in that anymore. In what is it's a Blumhouse picture? 
Is it? Yeah. And what, what is Blumhouse's most ambitious project yet? Richard Linklater is bringing Stephen Sondheim's musical Merrily We Roll Along to the big screen, but we'll shoot the film over a 20 year time span. Beanie Feldstein, Ben Platt and Blake Jenner will star. What? 20 years. I didn't know that Merrily We Roll Along was set over 20 years. Me neither. Just use makeup. What's wrong with fucking makeup? Yeah, I don't. And like, I, I, makeup was fine. It's a cool effect, I guess. But like, I don't know. Makeup was fine. It's like all this de-aging technology. And what if somebody dies? Yeah, that's what I'm worried. 20 about. years is a long, like you could pull something off in nine years with right. boyhood, but, or however fucking long that movie was. You can, you, yeah, 20 years, someone could die. I've been secretly worrying about this for years, even though I've never said it on a podcast because I don't want to jinx it. But like Jonathan Banks is a very old man and they've been doing Better Call Saul for five years now and there's only one season left to go. But imagine if Jonathan Banks dies between now and the final season shot. I feel like we we have a tendency to jinx actors on this podcast. Yeah. I feel like it's happened multiple times where we've talked about a specific name and they've ended up dying. Yeah. Did we talk about Carl Reiner recently? I don't all? think so. Yeah. What a great life though, right? Yeah. Oh yeah, really great. 98. Mm-hmm. Are you a fan of The Jerk? Yeah, I am actually. Yeah, I like The Jerk just fine. I like his TV work better. Dick Van Dyke show. Yeah. My father loved Dick Van Dyke growing up. Yeah. Great life, Carl Reiner. Look great for 98. Yeah, I agree. He's always kind of looked that way since the, um, 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 Jesus, since the oceans, oceans 11. Yeah. Yeah. He's great in those two. Yeah. (laughs) Saul. Saul. Saul Bloom. Is that his name? Something like that. Saul Bloom. I was just watching, uh, oceans 12 was on. Great movie. Great movie that you don't like. I I turned to it because I was getting my hair cut and I'm like, (laughs) and I'm like, whoa, was oceans 12 playing at your barbershop. Yeah. Yeah. My buddy was cutting my hair and I'm like, Oh, look at that. That's my least favorite of those three. <laughs> and then I turn back. <laughs> it's a horribly rude thing to say to someone with a pair of scissors up to your head. If I was cutting your hair, I might have taken a little flesh off. He's never seen it, though. Okay. It's okay. I love that movie. Why? It's so boring, dude. It's not boring. Yes, it is. It's, it's boring. So the third slow. act is so much fun. It's so slow. The third act. The third act is great. What, but when that guy does that little dance. Everything from Julia Roberts on. The Julia uh, Roberts scene uh, on. Uh, cornball shit it's not cornball it's clever yeah it's clever oh yeah yeah no it's not (laughs) how many uh movies did he direct carl reiner i don't know let me let me oh he directed 21 whoa 21 writing credit or directing credits i should say including tv last one he did was that old feeling in 97 uh i need to watch some of these though i haven't watched a lot of them i haven't seen many carl reiner films oh god I gotta go, like, go through that. I feel like I haven't seen any. The George Burns movie. I know of it. I haven't seen it. Man, your show of shows. What a great career. When's Mel Brooks gonna go? That's gonna be a sad day. Next year. You think? There's a lot of like great ones that are gonna be going soon. You know? <laughs> They're about to be dropping like flies. I yeah. know. Mel Brooks was born in 1926. Jesus. How old is he now? That would make him 94. Wow. Right? Wow. Great life. Mm-hmm. That's a great life. Well, he's kicking, I guess. Uh, surprisingly still kicking. Yeah. Let's, let's make Blazing Saddles too. Who is the one old guy that you're surprised is still with us? That I'm surprised is still with us. Yeah, because for a while there it was Kirk Douglas. Yes, I would agree. 
<laughs> Poor Kurt. Every time they wheeled him out at an award show. It was the fucking worst, man. <laughs> I remember texting you once and being like this sad sap or something like that. Like, why would you do that? Why would you do that to this like giant? This guy played fucking Spartacus. Yeah. I mean, in fairness, Catherine Zeta Jones was wheeling him around. So, I mean, there, there are worse fates. I'm sure he was happy about than Catherine Zeta Jones. Yeah. <laughs> Who looks great at her age, by the way. Yeah, I don't want to think about what that family dynamic must be like. Catherine Zeta Jones with the Douglases. <laughs> I just feel like it's icky. I don't. I don't like it. Michael Douglas says that he got uh, throat cancer from cunnilingus. Oh yeah. I'm not sure if it was with Catherine Zeta Jones or or who, but he blames his throat cancer on eating pussy. Good for him. I don't. I don't think he understands how that works. But yeah. Well, neither does science. In fairness, <laughs> I mean, I'm waiting for a better theory. <laughs> Oh, they don't have even come to a consensus. They, he, he just got throat cancer. Or are you talking about cancer in general? Yeah, cancer in general. Oh, okay, okay. I mean, does anyone really know how you get cancer? Uh, no, I guess not. It's like a mutation when your cells highly reproduce. Exactly. So, so it could be cunnilingus. Why would it be cunnilingus? I'm sure Michael Douglas has a more scientific description of what's happening. What does that have to do with mutating cells? It's not contagious. <laughs> <laughs> Is it some mutated pussy? I was going to say, your cancerous <laughs> pussy jumped from your pussy to my mouth. Because that's how that works. Like, that's what? Like, it's just the stupidest thing I've ever heard. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Let's play a quick game of Cinephile, shall we? Yeah, let's do it. Up. While we're on. People haven't heard this yet, actually. Yeah. Um, actually, I don't know how I'm going to release these. <laughs> But at one point in time, we played a card game. Yeah. And uh, you'll hear it at some point. Yeah, I don't know. Like, Didn't how, go well. No, I, th- I thought it was, uh, you know, it's it's really upsetting. You get, you know what? The card game was a lot like 2020. Yeah. Starts out very promising. Exactly. And, and exciting. And then could be the worst thing that's ever happened. Yeah, not a great pod. No. No, not great. No. But now we got to decide like which game is the best. Game. I think that first one, maybe. Yeah, it's the easiest one to pull off, I guess, for us. Either that or what's the other one? Actor, director, actor, director. Oh, where we jump back and forth. Yeah. Oh, when you try to throw the other person off. Right. You can't think of another name. Yeah, that one was pretty good. Well, let's play that first game first. So okay. essentially, this is a, a card game that we tried on another podcast that you'll hear eventually. Eventually, yeah. And... Um, yeah, it, there are a bunch of these cards with actors and films on them, pictures of actors from particular films. Yes. And there are several ways that you can play it. And one of the ways that you can play it is by picking an actor out and listing a bunch of movies that they start in until we run out of options. That's correct. And take one. One card. Okay. Ooh. Okay. What do we got? We have... Nicole Kidman. Oh, boy. <laughs> uh, okay. All right. Go ahead. Um, Australia. Yeah, that is a Nicole Kidman movie. Is that a Boz Lerman film? I think it is. Yeah, I'll give you another one. Yeah. Moulin Rouge. It already says Moulin Rouge. But Fuck! I, I didn't see. You can keep going. Yeah, I didn't say it. Okay. So you get, I, I give it to you. Um, <laughs> oh boy, Nicole, Nicole, honey. <laughs> <laughs> I am not a Nicole Kidman fan. 
Yeah. I'm Let not, me just say that right here, right now. This looks nothing like Nicole fucking kid. Some of these portraits are better than others. Yes, I agree. That is a very generous depiction of Nicole. Because <laughs> Nicole Kidman, forgive me for saying this, has resting bitch face. Let's be honest. Yeah. Let's I, call a spade a spade. No, I agree. I agree. I, I'll get there with you. Lion, by the way. Oh, yeah. Recent movie. Uh, but Boy Erased. Is that the name of the oh, that movie about yes. the gay conversion therapy? That's right. That's Russell right. Crowe. I didn't see it, but there you go. <laughs> the others. Oh, boy. Yikes. And then uh, I had one. I just had one and it left. I had it. Shoot. Um, fuck. I just had a Nicole Kidman movie. I hate trying to think. Like, I can't think of this shit. My God. I just had one and it went away. You well, said Lion. I, I I just want one actor that we can both like bounce names off of each other. We keep getting these fucking actors that we don't give a shit about. <laughs> Sorry, Nicole. But, uh, wow. I just, okay. Ah! What is it? What happened? It was in my head. Uh, and it went away. Fuck. Yeah. I, I can't think of another one. So if you can name one, then shit. Oh man. I don't want to bore people, but I just had it. <laughs> the anticipation's You said us. lion. And then I said, boy erase. And then I said the others. And then you said the others. Yes, yes, yes. The fuck is it? Cause I got nothing. And then I had another one. You could win this one, Nico. Fuck. You could actually. Oh, oh, golden compass. The golden compass. Oh fuck. Yeah. Okay. okay yeah. You got it. I can't name another fucking <laughs> Nicole Kidman movie. <laughs> I mean, there are plenty. Yeah, I know. Let's see. Nicole Kidman. Uh, I'm going to kick myself over some of these. The hours. Okay. Oh, she was just in Bombshell. Right. Uh, I didn't see Bombshell. Not good. Aquaman she was in. What? Didn't see that. All right. Uh, Killing of Sacred Deer. Oh, shit. Yeah. Oh, that's right. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Paddington. Okay. I love Paddington. Just go with it. All right. Uh, Margo at the Wedding. Great Noah Bombach movie. Haven't seen it. Not really. Not a very good. Stepford Wives. Oh, yeah. She's in the Stepford Wives. She plays... Steven's girlfriend on the phone in panic room. How the hell would I know that? And uh, eyes wide shut. Didn't want to mention that one. Oh, I totally forgot about that one. Too. <laughs> yeah, that movie, I think, is the one that cemented to me that I don't like Nicole Kidman. Honestly, I mean, that movie doesn't really make her all that likable. No, not exactly. Uh, OK, I have one. OK, Lawrence Fishburne. OK, Boys in the Hood is the photo. OK, here uh, I will say the Matrix. And I guess we're discounting sequels. No sequels, yeah. No sequels, okay. Uh, John Wick. Sure. Uh, no, not not true. Uh, it's not a, that is not a correct guess, sir. He is in the first one. No, sir. Are you sure? I'm positive. I recall a scene where he's in the first one. I'm positive. I'll give you John Wick 2, though. Okay. He's introduced in John Wick 2. Is that true? No. They blend together, I guess. How dare you? <laughs> uh, let's go... Ant-Man and the Wasp. Is he an Ant-Man and the Wasp? Yes, sir. <laughs> Lawrence Fishburne. Oh, boy. Hmm. Why can't I think of a Lawrence Fishburne film? Because mm, I remember doing uh, good old Lawrence there before, but I got like nothing off the top of my head right now. Hmm. See, the thing is, we really need like a timer. Sure, I'll we, time you. We need like an egg timer. Yeah. I'll time you. Yeah. Yeah. How much time you want? 30 seconds? 
Sure. Okay. 30 seconds of this podcast time <laughs> of me thinking about fucking Lawrence Fishburne movies. It's hard when you're on the spot. Yeah, I know. It's hard when you're on the spot. Yeah, you're right. Um, 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 shit. Can I think of a, it's a movie he did with Christopher Walken? Yeah. A few years back. Directed by Abel Ferrara, but I don't think you've seen it. Nah, I don't know. Uh, that one was called King of New York. Never seen it. Never even heard of it. Good movie. What? Never even heard of it. Yeah. Uh, Aquila and the Bee. He was in that movie. <laughs> I don't know why I just thought of that. Oh, okay. Osmosis Jones. <laughs> Osmosis Jones. There you go. That's my answer. Osmosis Jones. Contagion? Oh, he was in Wasn't Contag- he in, in your favorite movie, Mystic River? Oh, yeah, he was. Yeah, that's right. That's right. I forgot. But again, he doesn't play like a big part. He was in The Mule? Oh, I haven't seen The Mule either. Uh, he was in Man of Steel? Oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> and Batman v Superman? None of these are helpful, though. He was in 21? Yeah, he was in 21. He was the voice of the Silver Surfer in Fantastic Four, Rise of the Silver Surfer. That's true. He was in Mission Impossible 3. Oh, God, that's right. That's right. Kiss Kiss Bang Bang? Yeah. He was Who someone was he? in a commercial? I was going to say, who the hell Uncredited is voice in a commercial? Oh, that doesn't count. <laughs> I feel like Lawrence Fishburne had a better career than his IMDb pages imply. Yeah. I feel like that too. I was like, he's got to be in more, but all I can think of right now is the matrix and boys in the hood searching for Bobby Fisher. Yeah. I wasn't going to win this one. School days. Let's do another one. Okay. Let's do one that I could win. Uh, here, 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 pick, pick. pick. All pick. right. Come on. Pick. Give me, uh, Tom Hanks. <laughs> Fuck. It's Jim Carrey. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead. Okay, uh, The Mask. Ace Ventura. <laughs> the Grinch. Dumb and Dumber. Oh, great movie. Um, uh, Horton Hears a Who. Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. Uh, Man on the Moon. Oh, good one. Uh, uh, yes, Man. Truman Show. <laughs> I Love You, Philip Morris. <laughs> Jim and Andy. Oh, that don't count. Yeah, it does. That's basically a sequel to Man on the Moon. No, it's not. <laughs> uh, Batman Forever. Oh, my God. he was. Rest in peace to Joel Schumacher, baby. There we go. We did it. <laughs> R.I.P. Bruce Almighty. Um, uh, uh, the Incredible Burt Wonderstone. <laughs> <laughs> a series of unfortunate events. <laughs> We got three Nicole Kidman movies and we're going like 20 deep on Gary. Fucking hell. I have one ace in the hole and I'm only using the cable guy. Was that your ace no, in the hole? No, I just, I'm pissed that you're still naming fucking Jim Carrey. Movies. I can go all day, baby. Mr. Popper's Penguin. Ah! <laughs> Damn. I think I got one more. Oh God. I don't know. I don't know if it's going to work. Ugh. Oh, now you're pushing me. Oh boy. <laughs> Oh, I gotta think. I gotta think of others because you you must be able to come up with others. Carrie, um, damn, dude. Oh man, I gotta name more, huh? Mister Popper's Bank. <laughs> oh, I got. Okay, I got two. Okay, hang on, two. hang on, hang on. Here, babe, I you got, got two. Two, got two up my okay, sleeve. I yeah. gotta get at least one of them here. <laughs> this is where it gets fun. Okay, here we go. <laughs> I'm thinking of animated. You said Horton here's a who already. Yes, I did. Oh, there's got to be more animated movies that he was in though. 
Shoot. He definitely was. He yeah, definitely, he definitely did a bunch. Oh, boy. Because I feel like he was just in an animated film recently. I can't remember, though. I'm thinking about when I was watching Nickelodeon as a kid, and I hear that announcer during the mm. commercials go, Jim Carrey yeah. in. I feel like I heard that name a lot. Jim Carrey. Jim Carrey. Wow. Ugh. Fuck, I'm going to be kicking myself after this. What are the animated films? Because okay, mm, this is bothering me now. We got Dumb and Dumber, The Mask, and Ace Ventura, which yep. was all the same year. One of the most incredible years in the history of comedy. Yep. So good. Incredible stretch. Got some of his dark comedies there in the middle. Oh, you missed one. I realized. An earlier one? No, a, a, a Joel Schumacher movie. I don't think you said it yet. I did. I don't think you said. I don't think you said it. That ah, the number twenty three. There you go. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Uh. uh okay. Um. Fun with Dick and Jane. Ah! <laughs> I got one more, and then I'm done. I'm out. I'm out. <laughs> was he and me, myself, and Irene? Or is that? Oh, yes, he was. He was. Yes. Go ahead. Fuck. All right. I think Bobby, he's in with Owen Wilson, right? No, me, myself, and Irene is um um um. Uh, Renee Zellweger. Got it. Okay. The Ferrelli brothers. That movie's, I've, I've, you know, I don't know if I like that movie or not. I've never seen it. It's interesting. Um, what do you got there, bud? This is my, this is my, 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 your get out of jail free card. I don't, if you come up with another one, I'm going to be pissed off. Okay. The Deadpool. Holy shit. He's in the Deadpool. Wow. If you come up with another, I'm going to be so, I, I, I deserve the win for just that alone. I deserve this one. <laughs> it's like one of his first I'm, roles. I'm tapped. I'm okay. tapped. I don't have anything else. Oh, uh, there's got to be a few in there. Oh yeah, absolutely. Wow. Absolutely. Uh, let's see. Jim Carrey. <laughs> uh, we said Bruce almighty, obviously, right? Yep. Yeah. Uh, he was in Kick-Ass 2. Oh, God, that's right. Yes. Oh, shit. Because I was thinking of, like, for some reason, the Spider-Verse, and I was like, well, he's not in that, but what's the movie that kind of makes me think of it? And I was like, oh, Kick-Ass. That's right. Man, there were not many movies we missed. I'm telling you right really? now. Really? No. Liar, Liar is the big one. Ah, shit. Should have got Liar, Liar. Yeah, there we go. You know, we took all, out the sequel rule. Honestly, Liar, Liar is the only one here that we should have wow. got that we didn't. Wow. Wow. What an incredible run. Okay. <laughs> the Deadpool <laughs> saved my ass. I'm so happy. Uh, so what are we tied? I got you. I, I'm up to one. Yeah. I yeah. will right, we'll go three out of five. Okay. Uh, I'll, I'll pull here. All right. Uh, uh, didn't we do this one already? Which I'm, one? I'm bare. Kate Blanchett. Didn't yeah, we? we did Kate Blanchett. She was on another, right? Someone different. Yeah, these are no good here. Let's, let's pull one from. Where is Tom Hardy? Walking. Oh boy. Christopher Walken. Uh, you want me to go first here? Sure. Uh, the Deer Hunter. Annie Hall. Pulp Fiction. Okay. Uh, seven <laughs> Psychopaths. Good one. Uh, click. Oh my God, he is in Click. <laughs> uh, true Romance. Yeah, I really should have named that before click, huh? 
<laughs> and you're a cantaloupe. <laughs> Great fucking movie. Uh, let's go with Catch Me If You Can. Oh, God, that's right. He isn't Catch Me If You Can. Um, I, like I'm trying to think of like movies with him. By the way, King of New York is the one on the card. Of course. So I'm not going to say that one. Um, hmm. I got like one more. Go ahead. I can't believe I only have this one more. Like, what was he in the 2000s, though? Come on. 80s, 90s. Why can't I think of another one? Uh, fuck. All right. Uh, nine Lives. <laughs> Is that where Spacey plays a cat? Yeah. Isn't that movie? <laughs> nine Lives. Uh, the- Longest Yard, right? Is he in the original? No, the new one. He's not in that one. Is that not it? Is that not one of the ones he did with Sandler? Christopher Walken isn't in the longest yard. No. Am I thinking of another? I think because I was thinking of a specific Sandler film. I can't think of which one it is. Am exactly. I naming the wrong Sandler movie? I think so. Yeah, he's definitely not in the longest. He's yard. not. You're right. Shit. I think you're probably thinking of Click, which I said already. Yeah. All right, fine. You get it. <gasps> yeah, I got him. Ah, damn one, it! One more. It's a tie, baby. Shoot. <laughs> what is the why can't i name another christopher walken movie oh he was just in the jesus rolls oh god that's right that's right just saw it eddie the eagle recently okay stand-up guys um man he did not do much in the 2000s really no was he in a, any coen brothers films wedding crashers i don't think so wedding crashers okay Stepford webs as well oh man on fire he was in oh yeah worked with tony scott a bunch Geely. Oh, God, Geely. Man. <laughs> Fucking Geely. <laughs> Joe Dirt. Oh, man, Joe Dirt. That's right. He was in a lot of shit. Poor walking, man. Yeah. Yeah, I think we got, I best got, um, I think we got most of his classics, I think. He was in a few with uh, Natalie Wood, obviously. He had to have been. Oh, Batman Returns. Duh. Oh, yeah. Shit. All right. Well, that would have been a good one. Okay, here we go. Pick one. Make it a good one. And then we'll get out of here. Here we go. And our person is, uh, no. Uh, <laughs> uh, Who was it? <laughs> Viola Davis. Oh, no. <laughs> that wasn't going to go well. Yeah. But I have a, 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 a great human being right here. Okay. And that's Samuel L. Jackson. All right. So let's time out here. How many Avengers movies are we allowing? Like, what's the rule here? Should we ban the entire MCU? Well, you could say Avengers, right? I mean, if we're, a lot of movies. If we're enforcing the sequel rule, do you know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, it'll go on longer. All right, fine. We'll do every. Okay. <laughs> All right. Let's just get no Jurassic Park, by the way. That's the first one that it names. That's love- Jurassic Park on the card? Yeah, that's the one that it's going with. <laughs> Jurassic Park. <laughs> okay, so I will go with Marvel's The Avengers. All right, and I will go with uh, Captain Marvel. Okay, and I will go with... Now, do post credit sequence count? Yes. Iron Man. Infinity War. Fucking hell, dude. <laughs> so stupid. Uh, Endgame. Is that a, well, that's a sequel? You named Infinity War. Yeah, but there's like individual. I can't. 
Yeah, you know it was scrapping. <laughs> Let's get rid of Okay, MCU yeah, is yeah, banned. Fuck the MCU. <laughs> okay. Okay. All right. Star Wars. <laughs> Revenge of the Sith. Jackie Brown. Okay. <laughs> so fucking dumb. Uh, Pulp Fiction. Chirac. Good. Do the right thing. Okay. Uh, Kill Bill, Volume Two. Correct. Guy on the piano. Yeah. Didn't he narrate though? Part one. No, he just did the. He was in the piano in part two. Narration counts, by the way. But But he would no. He was on screen. But you can say narration. Okay. Uh, The Hateful Eight. Inglorious Bastards. Narration. Oh, you bitch! Take that. (laughs) Django Unchained. (laughs) Ooh. Oh, boy, oh, boy. Oh, man. Um, Shaft. All right. Snakes on a plane. Boy, good one. Good one, good one. Hmm. (laughs) Coming to America. Yeah, sure. He's in that. Yeah, he is. Um, hmm. Man, Sam Jackson has been in a lot of movies. Yes, he has. But they're, they're like, all the same. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> man, did he do another one with Spike? I think he, he did. Yeah, he made a couple with Spike, didn't he? he? Had to have made a bunch with Spike, right? I mean, just because he's black, Adam? Is that why you think that? No, because they're like, you remember the Oscars? Spike Lee! <laughs> yes. <laughs> because they're buddies. <laughs> um, Why can't I name another one? Jesus, I hate it when this happens. I love that Jurassic Park is the car, yeah. though. He's like in two minutes. <laughs> ah! Oh, I got one for you. Yeah. He's in like... 10 seconds of true romance. He is way at the beginning. He's in like 10 seconds. Oh, wow. Yeah. He's a, he gets shot and that's the end of it. What? That's yes. it. Yeah. True romance. Deep blue sea, baby. Fuck. Deep blue sea. <laughs> Don't stump me on Sam Jackson. <laughs> Didn't we just establish he was my most watched actor? Yeah, I think we did. On Letterboxd. <laughs> I think he's the highest grossing actor of all time, too, isn't he? Yeah, I think so. By a wide margin. Mm-hmm. He's made a ton of movies. Yep. Yeah. Got to be in some animated ones, right? You would think, yeah. Why can't I name any animated ones, though? This is the issue. It's like it, you would think he'd be in like some, like, uh, okay, okay, okay. Oh, 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 Incredibles. Damn it. I, yeah. So I knew I, I, knew, I had it. <laughs> Because that was my next one. Yeah. Shit. All right. All right. All right. All right. Mm. What other animated films? He must have done other animated. I'm films. sure. Oh boy. Yeah. yeah. Keith David was in fucking Princess and the Frog. <laughs> Sam Jackson wasn't. <laughs> oh boy. Boy. Oh boy. Mm. Samuel L. Jackson. 
has made more movies than fucking a Sony camera. The Hitman's Bodyguard. Oh, no! How'd you pull that one out of your ass? I don't know. I didn't even know it was in my ass. Damn. (laughs) Hitman's Bodyguard. Did you see that movie? Fuck no. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, boy. Wow. That one hurt. I was like passing a kidney stone, that one. What else has Samuel L. Jackson been in? I'm sure many films. Aha. Uh-huh. Well, I've got one. Ah, damn it. <laughs> Die hard with a vengeance. There you go. <laughs> That's right. Now I'm looking at our list here. Any, any, uh, <laughs> any uh, no. you're grasping at straws. <laughs> you're looking around the room for names of movies. Uh, <laughs> Let me he, see. Was he, he in that? Did he do one with Frank Sinatra? Uh, Let, no, I don't let's think. see. Hayao Miyazaki. <laughs> was he in, uh, how old oh, the fuck you. Good fellas. <laughs> there is a good fellas poster in this room. Yes. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> Damn, dude. You got to look around the room. <laughs> oh, this one's tense. I don't like this one. <laughs> this is tough, man, for the Woo. tie break. <laughs> This is too much stress for a podcast. Thank you, Sam Jackson. Sam Jackson movies. And we banned MCU, but there's got to be other blockbusters he was in. That's the thing. Because now I'm thinking more blockbusters again. Right. What the heck? Come on. We exhausted the Tarantinos. We exhausted... uh, Because you think by director, too. I mean, he's got to be in more Spike Lee films that we just were unaware of. But, like, I I don't know. He's not Malcolm X. No, I guess not. Hmm. Maybe he's in school days. I haven't seen school days, though. Should I guess at it? Should I just say school days and hope for the best? I haven't seen it. Seen Jungle Fever? Haven't seen that either. Wesley Snipes is in Jungle Fever. I know that. I'm going to take a guess and say school days. Now I'm going to be so pissed. And if I'm wrong, then I'm wrong. But if I'm right, you're screwed. Yes. <laughs> in which case, I'll just guess. Well, Jungle Lawrence Fishburne is in school days. <laughs> you got to be shitting me. <laughs> Sam Jackson is not in school days. Okay. Go ahead. Name one then. <laughs> well, my guess, I guess, is Jungle Fever. Because why the hell not? <laughs> we'll both get it wrong on Spike Lee. I'm fine with that. How poetic. Many must have done more. You would think, right? Uh, Sam Jackson is in Jungle Fever. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Brutal. Oh, this one was rough. I picked the wrong one. Uh all right, so you got to eliminate all. Oh, I'm so mad at myself. What? God damn it. What? Damn it. <laughs> what was it? Unbreakable. Oh, my God. That's right. Or Glass, the follow-up. Shit. We're limiting all MCU movies? Yeah. Kong Skull Island. Oh, God, that's right. Oh, boy. Kingsman, the Secret Service. That's right. RoboCop, the remake. Yeah, he wasn't that right. Yeah. 
Um, oh my god, he was in so many movies. 183 credits. The other guys at the beginning, aim for the bushes. <laughs> I should have got that one. I love that movie so much. Damn, man. Um, didn't really do much there in the mid 2000s. Triple X. He was in one of those movies. Oh God, he was in the tri- I was thinking about the Triple X movies with Lawrence Fishburne. Oh no, shows where our heads at. Coach Carter. That's right. <laughs> all the shafts. He was uncredited and out of sight. I don't remember him in out of sight. Yeah, I don't remember him either. Uh, Heart Eight. Oh yeah. yeah. Damn, Heart Eight. Sure. Plays a gangster in that. Is he in any uh, Paul Thomas Anderson films after That's, that? No, that was it. Really. Yeah. Okay, we didn't miss as many, I guess, as I thought. Patriot <laughs> Games. Oh, really? Yeah. He's in Patriot Games? Huh. Mobile of Blues, another Spike movie. So he was in a lot of those early Spike movies. Okay. Coming to America, you said... All right, I think we did okay. We did okay. We did better today than we did last time we played this. Yes, I agree. Yeah. Man, thank you, Goodfellas, by the way. I was almost dead. I like this gift. Yeah, me too. Okay. <laughs> That's a podcast. Uh, either you're hearing this in advance of our 1988 podcast, you're hearing it after, but uh, look on your feeds to finally hear us talk about the year 1988. Oh, yeah. It'll come. Yeah. We swear. This was fun, though. Mm-hmm. I, I enjoyed this fucking round. Yeah. Bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> what did I get? Let's see this lineup. I love I love collecting a lineup here. Yeah. We, we have Jim Carrey, Christopher Walken, Sam Jackson. Oh, man. I can't. That, that Jim Carrey battle will go down in infamy. Hate it. That was a battle. My God. What did also I, shows what kind of cinephiles we are. What did I win off of? The Deadpool. That's what I got. Yeah, that was a good call. <laughs> oh, man. All right. That's a podcast. Uh, <laughs> check out the Discord on yep. the website. Follow us on Letterboxd. I think I'm at Gregorio. Mm-hmm. You can find that link on my Twitter, I think. And you're at Adam Hall on Letterboxd, correct? At, uh, yeah, I think I am just Adam I Hall. I think you just got Adam Hall. Yeah, I was one of those lucky ones. Yeah, that's incredible. You just got your name. So I am the Adam Hall. Correct pretty pretty proud of myself i'm proud of you too yeah i'm not proud about how you're changing your reviews on letterbox though please go back to the star system I, I think being the one and only adam hall i have the power to do so so there you go till next time <laughs> oh god who cares get the fuck out of here <laughs> Hang on, hang on. We're not done yet. I've been editing this podcast, getting it ready for release, and some very disturbing information has come to my attention. And I thought it necessary to inform you that Samuel L. Jackson is indeed in school days. Spike Lee's school days, which neither Adam and I have seen. Um, So, yeah, there you go. I guessed and apparently I guessed correctly and I'm sure all of the Spike Lee heads out there are screaming at their speakers slash headphones right now. Um, I guess I searched on IMDb and I scrolled through the first couple names and Sam Jackson didn't show up. So I assumed that he wasn't in the movie, but had I scrolled a few names further down the list, I would have seen that he is indeed in that film. Uh, so there you go. I guess neither Adamer or I won that round. So we are still deadlocked. Two games to two. <laughs>
<laughs> with, I guess, no conceivable way to break the tie. So I guess from here till the end of eternity, there will be no winner to that game. It will be a dead heat. Uh, one day we'll figure out a way to break the tie. But I apologize to Spike Lee, Sam Jackson, and all those that are a fan of 1988 school days. All right. See ya.